We are back for another edition of the Daily Wolves podcast. As always, your host, Trip, joined by fellow host, Evan. Got a special guest joining us this week. We'll see what comes of it, uh, m- maybe potentially a-, a sneak peek into the future. Uh, Evan, I'm going to kick it over to you for a nice little warm intro as you guys have uh, spent some time together in and outside of Target Center. Yeah, of course, man. Uh, special guest right now, we got Andrew in here. Uh, Andrew's runs a Twitter account. Let's talk Minnesota. Andrew, go ahead. Tell them where they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, no, you guys can find me pretty much on multiple accounts. Uh, like you said, uh, run the website, Let's Talk Minnesota Sports, covering all Minnesota professional teams, mainly an emphasis on the Twins and the Timberwolves. Uh, you can find me at Let's Talk Wolves, Let's Talk Twins, Let's Talk Vikes, and Let's Talk Wild. Yeah, and you do a lot of stuff uh, about – Obviously, all the teams, as the title says, that's what I really like. You don't just cover one specific team. And I think that's obviously important just because everybody in Minnesota is very passionate about about their teams, man. Um, But we brought you here today to talk specifically about the Timberwolves and kind of like where everything has gone over the last, you know, week or so. I mean, it's it's changed a lot. I mean, you look at the roster, what, Tuesday night in Denver, uh, everyone's still intact. A A few hours later, it felt like, all of a sudden, the roster is different. You're bringing in a guy like Mike Conley at the trade deadline. Uh, what do you two think of the deal? Yeah, I personally, I, I, you can go ahead. You go first. Yeah, I, I'm real. I'll just be brief here. Uh, first of all, just want to say, I, I mean, I could talk Vikes all day. Let's talk Vikes. Let's talk about him real quick. Kirk Cousins. He's what 50 years old. <laughs> traded for T.J. Hawkinson. Not even a top 10 tight end in the NFL, but Vikings will end up paying him 15 million a year. Uh, the Vikings are a full re- rebuild away from being competitive, but that's why we're here to talk Timberwolves. Um, with that, you know, I, the past week, I'm going to rip the Band-Aid right off. I, I don't know what the direction of this team is. Thank God they have Anthony Edwards, and I'm excited about, you know, the development of Jaden McDaniels, although he has a long way to go offensively. Uh, the trade, to me, I, I you know, I I, I, I don't get it. Um, I understand moving on from D'Lo. Talked to a couple people who are way closer to the team than I am. Um, and it was pretty evident that a trade was probably necessary. Uh, pretty necessary, I should say. Um, with that, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. T- Tim Conley knew from day one that, that D'Lo wasn't going to be his guy long term. He should have, I think, looked to move him in the off season um, and, and done something a little different. Again, I don't know D loves value. Now I do, but um, Mike Conley is a great guy at this stage in his career. He's a good backup point guard. I really believe that. I mean, he's, if you can have him, you know, on a, you know, team friendly deal and he's kind of running with the, with the backups. Um, I don't mind it. This to me feels like a move to justify the Rudy Gobert trade. Um, trying to bring in a guy that he clicked well with. Again, I'm not going to harp on last night. Mike Conley doesn't know the offense. He doesn't know the defensive, you know, with the defense that they run. This just, he was just out there playing. And and quite frankly, he played okay. Uh, but I'm not going to harp on him for for a performance when, again, he, he has been with the team for 48 hours. But with that, Andrew, I'll kick it over to you and, and kind of get your feedback and would love to hear what you think. But but to wrap up and summarize what I was thinking, real point being, uh, I, uh, the trade, uh, look, I like Nikhil Alexander Walker for 
for what it is, uh, uh-huh. for what he is, I should say, and what the contract is, what it is, it's the contract. Uh, he's a restricted free agent. I'd love to see him get some run. I think he could be a good bench piece for us on a pretty cost-controlled number um, for years to come because, guess what? <laughs> You're paying Rudy Gobert $50 million a year. So, to me, they're they're far away. I don't think that they're going to win a championship anytime soon, and I'm a little bit perplexed at the direction of the franchise right now. Hmm. Yeah, a lot to take in there, but I actually – I get most of what you're saying. I would disagree a little bit on moving D'Angelo Russell uh, last offseason because I don't know if the value you would have gotten would have been your best because obviously he got benched in the playoffs. It wasn't the be- He had a good season overall, but then the last thing, like the last image people have in their minds is, okay, the Memphis series didn't play well. He gets benched. So what is your return mm-hmm. at that point? And now his value is higher and you get Nikhil Alexander-Walker. You get Mike Conley who is having a – Decent season, given his age, you know, career high in assists right now. Mm-hmm. It's not obviously the best value in terms of what you're getting back age-wise, but you also got three second-round picks, which can be moved in a future in a future deal. Or Tim Conley obviously is good at drafting, so maybe those second-round picks can get you something like like your yeah. Josh Minot, etc. So I kind of like what they did at the deadline, especially considering all the stuff is coming out with D'Angelo Russell. It looks like they obviously had to move on from him. But to me, I'm actually a fan of the trade. Obviously, obviously, you'd love to get something better back at point guard, you know, long-term future-wise. But given of where they're at right now, I don't hate the deal. That's fair. Evan, what, I mean, what do you make of, of kind of both of our points? Uh, I think I agree with both the points uh, to an extent. I think, Trip, your, your point about bringing in uh, Mike Conley kind of signals – we're going in on this Rudy Gobert trade. We still believe in it. Tim still believes in it. He knew that if he brought in Mike Conley, a guy who played three seasons with Gobert in Utah and really got the best out of Gobert, evolved with him, had the number one offense for a while with him, the best record in the West with Rudy Gobert, 51 lob passes with Rudy Gobert the other season, like 159 total lob passes over a three-season uh, span with Rudy Gobert and the connection and how D'Angelo Russell – can't even get lobs to Gobert, how guys on the Timberwolves can't figure out how to find him. So it just really showed that Tim Conley wants to go and unlock Rudy Gobert, really get a pass-first floor general that hopefully doesn't need the ball in his hand all the time, who might not always have to be a starter-level player in the future. Yes, Mike Conley will probably start this year, but what if next year he doesn't start? He comes off the bench to help the guys or he rotates in a lineup, you know, kind of move him more to a six man. I don't know if D'Angelo's always cool with that stuff. So now you have a guy who comes in who probably doesn't care about putting up all those stats anymore. He just wants to be a team player. He just wants to win. And I think it's a sneaky move. I think Mike Conley will be a very, very, very good veteran for Anthony Edwards. I think that's very important. I think those two are going to have great chemistry and I could it's interesting when Carl comes back to kind of see how Mike Conley helps out Carl's game I think something could be there too we'll see uh I don't really know if you can get much more for D'Angelo Russell I think that's really the issue so I think we talked about a trip but just getting the three seconds I think and Nikhil Alexander Walker who who I really do like as well um that's that's big because if if it's you know maybe the offseason D'Angelo's value isn't there maybe 
it's just a one for one kind of deal, or maybe teams even want us to throw in a second or us to throw in a first to get, get rid of D'Angelo Russell. Cause I felt like his value was kind of low. So now all of a sudden his value increased as he played good. And you got a young player on that good contract who you can control through the restricted free agency. And then you get that three second round picks back. And remember bones Highland just got traded for two second round picks. So those are kind of valuable in the future for a player. Um, guys like Jay Crowder got traded for five second round picks. I think Gary Payton, some with the Warriors, and Tim Connolly's accumulated about seven second round picks now. I know they're not first, but seven second round picks, that's still enough ammo to get you a, a solid player sometime down the road. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's cool to have second round picks, except we have no first round picks. So um, it's almost a wash. It's more, much worse than a wash in my opinion. And yes, I, I'm, I'm trying to, I appreciate the positivity from your standpoint, Evan. I just, uh, to me, second round picks. Yeah. It's cool that we got some, but I'm not, you know, over the moon freaking out. Thank God we have second round picks. Yeah. My question is this. Yeah. Let's sure. It's all, all good and well, I think 60% or so I'm just throwing out, I'm not a mathematician, but I think like 60% or so of, Mike Conley's deal next year is guaranteed. Be curious to see how the rest of the season plays out for him and what, what direction they go with him next year. Have to imagine he's here in Minnesota, uh, ideally to me. And, I, and and you're right. From a veteran standpoint, he, he's as – I mean, Doogie has mentioned it on, on Score North and on Twitter and everything. I mean, he's as good of a guy as they come. Mike Conley's awesome. I met him probably a decade ago. Great guy. Great locker room presence. Exactly what Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels, Josh Minot, and these young guys need. 100%. I agree. Best case scenario, though, is next year he's not your starting point guard. Let's just call a spade a spade. Um, so to me, my question is this for you guys. Where in the world, where in the world are we going to find a point guard? Hmm. Do you – I'll let – wait, I just want to hear Andrew's opinion on this real quick. So – do you think, Andrew, that before we kind of, you know, Trip gets to his input later, <laughs> what is a question Trip wants to know, what, what's our point guard in the future? I'm thinking the plans uh, all along right now is actually to have point ants come in there. I think I've seen the blueprint laid. Carl being hurt kind of opened the lane up and he really took the reins and showed you that he could have playmaking. I'm one to believe that if that continues and they see good signs this season, I think they might try to roll out a point ant with a big lineup. I don't, I don't know what your opinion is, but I just wanted to hear that and lay that first. Yeah. I think that's a good point because I don't know if they're necessarily like, I don't know if they're now looking to get that next point guard where maybe they fill it in with a, a guy who can just come in kind of take possessions for ant when need be, not turn the ball over, just kind of be a consistent player, kind of like what Mike Conley is at this point. I don't know if they're going to put, you know, $20, $30 million into a point guard. Like, let's just say if they move, you know, on from Cat or Gobert and they have more money to spend elsewhere. To me, I think they're going to keep going with point and signaling, like trading Dilo obviously allows and to go even more into that role. And even with Mike Conley, there's not as many mouths to feed. So I think once Cat comes back, I think we're going to see a little bit more in that direction. Plus, the Wolves' offensive rating has not been great this year. I have it up right now. After last night, they are 20th. So I don't think it can get any worse considering that Cat has been out majority of the season. And adding Mike Conley, I feel like kind of unlocks Gobert. Maybe they can find a new 
dimension in the offense with Cat and Gobert in that situation, and I think it can only really go up from there. That's a great point. I, um, I, I'll to your question slash statement slash point, Evan. I'm I'm out on the idea of point to Ant, and it's not because I I love Anthony Edwards. Uh-huh. He is hands down my favorite young player in the NBA. Personality, skill set, work ethic, every box you could ever want to check in Anthony Edwards, it's there. You better, you know, I I pray to God he he retires a Timberwolf one day. I want him here until he's 40. You know what I mean? Um, I love Anthony Edwards. However, I want the best possible version of Anthony Edwards on planet Earth as a basketball player that I can have. And to me, that is for him to continue to to develop at the two guard. And of course, bring the ball up on, you know, from time to time and get creative and and find ways to, to have him kind of sort of run the point at, at, at points, um, you know, but with that, I, I think he has, he has the, the jump he has made. I mean, even it, it's hard to fathom that he did it so quickly. Right. I mean, we all saw the potential and, but the, the jump, I mean, he's an all-star and he's a, he's an, a real all-star. He deserves to be an all-star uh-huh. and he's just getting better. And it's, and I think keeping him at his true position, of course he can handle the ball at a very high level, for a two guard, yeah, he can play some point, but I want the best version of him possible. And to me, that's him at the two guard. And then to Andrew's point, you know, obviously I agree. I don't think you need to spend another 30 million like they did a year on D-Lo type point guard, um, which even, you know, call it what you will. But uh, I would like to find someone, just an elite distributor of the basketball. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. That kind of fits the timeline of this team. Cats, still young. Hard to believe he's been in the league for what eight years? He's only what twenty six, um, something like that. So to me, you know, you're not going to find a do it all point guard. But if you could go out there and get a point guard that can distribute the ball at an elite level, kind of like what Ricky Rubio was back in the day um, for ten, you know, ten, twelve million a season, I think that that really opens things up for ants and cats because yes, like Andrew said, you don't need to spend you know twenty, thirty million on a point guard, but when you have Cat and Ant space in the floor, um, I, I, I think it's and, – and you hope that Jaden McDaniels continues to get better. Yeah, I think my my only envision with Ant – my only envision with Ant being point guard is, is, like, even though you're counting him to be your point guard, because you have a guy like Kyle Anderson that could be in the starting lineup next to him, he could really help distribute the ball and bring the ball up the court at points too, mm-hmm. kind of share those ball-handling duties – and then I just think it could actually help when you have two bigs like Carnley Towns and Rudy. I think when Ant's just off playing the guard and you have two bigs there, it's just there's so much going on and it's tough. But I think if Ant plays that, then he can it can really help flow between the three of them. If you really believe in the Rudy Gobert thing, I think maybe that could be a strange positive way to to help get everyone like involved on top of keeping the defense off their heels. And I mean, Ant showed he can defend at the point. So all of a sudden you have a guy who's guarding the, the opposing point guard, like a Damian Lillard who can stick with them. And then you have Jaden, you have Kyle, you have all this defense, you have all this length. I mean, I don't know. There's an upside there. And, and, you know, you always think back to James Harden with, with the Rockets and how they kind of had him play point and he was kind of a guard. I mean, you, you just never know. I mean, it just seems like they're kind of tilting that way, whether whether people like it or, or they disagree with it. Yeah, my only pushback is like you like so obviously you want him to be more of your traditional two guard, but 
Wouldn't you say the best version of Ant has come through Point Ant? I would. Yeah. I don't know about Trip, but I, I think that's on one of the reasons it unlocked him. Yeah, that's that's what that's the only like my pushback on the whole thing. I I that's a really fair point. And I think what it to me, and I again I don't know because I'm not, you know, on the team and I'm obviously not Anthony Edwards. I wish I was because I'd be I'd have a lot more money. Um but uh I think what it's done having him kind of play point ant a bit is I think what it's done has unlocked his, you know, um, you know, uh, what's the word of confidence. I mean, he's already incredibly confident, but I think what it's proven to him is he, this is just another tool in his chess box that yeah, he probably knew it was there because he's as confident as they come for a young NBA player, but now he's been doing it and has proven to himself that he can do it. So I think that being available long-term now is huge. Like you, you mentioned, it really did unlock probably a better version of him, right? There's no denying that. I just think from a sustainable standpoint and long-term standpoint, I don't know that you want him as your point guard, right? I mean, it's interesting. I, I get your point, but I, I just, to me, I think what it's done is it's unlocked another level of confidence in him, which is hard to believe because, like I said, he is so confident already. But um, it's proven to him it's another thing he can do. But ultimately, I still think we need a true point guard long term, you know, in this in this lineup. So then moving on to the, the next point, since we're talking about Ant, we're already on the topic. Has Anthony Edwards, is he deserving of that all-star spot? I know there's people in the league who who didn't really vote him in originally. He makes it as a reserve now due to injury. But even for, before the injury, was there an argument to be made that Anthony Edwards deserved it? And, and now is he more than deserving of that spot? What do you two think? Yeah, I personally think that he he should have been voted in the first time. Mm-hmm. The Wolves right now, obviously, they're a couple games above 500. They are not anywhere near they're probably not even in the play play in discussion if Anthony Edwards misses more time like we see what happens when he's off the court like just going alone on just impact alone like he's been incredible like he already he has a plus 3.4 difference on his on off splits that's a 71 percentile like the difference he makes on a night-to-night basis and when he goes out of the lineup the scoring everything just goes it goes to shit basically and it's to me, like he should have been voted in. Paul George, the Jaron Jackson Jr. thing. If the obviously the best availability, or best ability is availability. And if you're talking about, you know, end of season awards or All NBA, we always equate like how many games they played and if they played enough to qualify for that. Then I think it should be the same thing for All Star Game as well. Yeah, I I second that. I think if if he plays on pretty much any other team in the NBA not only just availability, but just he deserves credit for his play. If he's on any big market team, even mid big market team, he's in without question. He's not a reserve. He's Mm -hmm. not filling in for an injured guy. He's in. I mean, he's averaging 24.6 points. He's averaging 4.6 assists, 5.9 rebounds for a two guard, all while only having three turnovers a game. So he's a top 20 scorer at his position, his effective you know, he, he's, he's effective. He's shooting 46.3% from percent from the field. I mean, his three-point percentage is almost 37%, which is exactly what you want to see. Um, that in that 38-plus range is ideal. So to me, I mean, of course he's deserving. And I think there's no doubt in my mind that this is just the beginning for him. And to, to your point, I mean, um, availability is the best ability. But 
I think, like I said, any team other than Minnesota, and I think he's, you know, voted in instantly. I mean, how many times in Minnesota did we just pray, pray that Andrew Wiggins would turn into that? We would just have those games too, those flashes where you're like, oh, yeah, Andrew came out and had 30 points and, you know, 10 rebounds and a couple steals. And you'd be like, oh, my gosh, whenever he played OKC or whenever he played the Cavaliers and everyone got all excited. And now Anthony Edwards this season does that a lot. And his rebounding's gone way up. It's been, I mean, it's it's improved. He's he's doing everything. Everything's improving for him. And I just think a guard who goes out there and gives you all those rebounds is so valuable in the league. A guy who gets steals. Yes, he might not be the best defender overall yet, but the fact that his steal numbers have increased too, there's just so much potential there. We've all seen him on the ball. And, you know, it took a guy like Wiggins years to really get it down too and become – that player where he won, you know, defensive, he was kind of on that all defensive team with the Golden State Warriors, but Ant has the size, he has the strength, he's 21 years old, and he's really doing all this. And, and like you said, Andrew, the best availability is just, just literally being available, man. That's it. And the fact that a guy like Paul George can come in and play half the year, a guy like Jaron Jackson Jr. can miss all those games due to injury, He's only putting up like 16 points, eight, eight rebounds or something playing. Yeah. That's what Jackson was averaging still makes it. I mean, that's just a slap in the face to, to Anthony Edwards. It's a slap in the face to a guy like Darian uh, Fox over in, in Sacramento too. I mean, he was deserving of the all-star spot I thought as well. And so it's just, how can you reward not playing in the NBA? They've got to take a different path in the future because I mean, Ant's proven he's just done it more consistently and that's what it should be about when you make the all-star game is how many games did you do it and i don't care if paul george had similar scoring numbers as anthony edwards ant did it for double the amount of time he's that much more consistent and that's why anthony edwards should be an all-star yep i'm i'm with you there and as we as we kind of wrap um i'd love to hit this topic as a finishing topic just obviously Full circle, we talked about Anthony Edwards, the trade, kind of everything. I think it's important that we discuss the outlook of the, the remainder of this 2022-2023 season. Andrew, Evan, what, what are some things you're looking for to see out of this team as the last 20 or so games? Um, where, where, where do you see them really? You, know, you don't have to predict, but I guess sort of a prediction without it being one is like kind of where, where do you anticipate this team finishing and what are you looking for? from maybe some individuals and just coaching? What, what are some of the things you're looking to see before the season ends? Yeah, for me, I think the biggest thing that I want to see, it's obviously hard to tell until Carl Anthony Towns comes back because that's like the biggest piece. Because if he can come back and this Rudy Gobert and Cat thing starts to click, then you're starting to talk about, okay, then they are comparable to the Clippers or the Mavericks who have like that two-star lineup. Because now with KD and Devin Booker, and if obviously if Kawhi Leonard and Paul George decide to play, they're obviously a, an elite duo. And then you have Kyrie and Luca. We haven't seen that yet, but offensively, that's going to be something big. Anthony Edwards and Cat are two of the biggest. You could argue that's a star. That's obviously a star duo. And if that can click with Mike Conley, so right now before Cat comes back, I just want to see how Mike Conley kind of fits in with this roster. Can Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert start to click? And then once Cat comes back, how does that work? Is Mike Conley, is Cat and Ant kind of running the offense? And then 
Mike Conley's kind of picking up the scraps and feeding Rudy Gobert. And we saw Carlton and Towns figure out how to get Rudy Gobert offensively. It wasn't really the fit on offense. It was more so how does it work on defense? And so that's the biggest thing. And we saw obviously Conley has some high IQ kind of plays last night, like taking charges, you know, taking those illegal screens and, you know, just poking away the ball, poking away the ball. So like to me, that's going to be huge to see how that kind of fits once Cat comes back and what that looks like before he returns. Yeah, I'm one to believe that in the beginning of the season when you had all the lineup there, Kyle Anderson wasn't really – he was hurt. He wasn't really playing well when he was playing, but he was he's playing pretty injured and banged up. He missed a handful of games. And so he wasn't really there and effective with Carlton Towns and Rudy and all those guys. But we saw how important Kyle Anderson has been to the Wolves this year. And so I think that's an underrated piece that people need to remember is like when Cat comes back, I think a guy like Kyle Anderson is really going to help those players – all play together, flow together, defense together. I think that's so underrated. So that's what I'm really looking forward to see. Um, and then on top of that, the playmaking, like you said, between Carlton Towns and Rudy Gobert, I think, uh, you know, I don't know if everything's 100% a fact, but it seems to be pretty accurate that D'Angelo Russell had said some pretty poor comments on a regular basis about Rudy Gobert. There was things in the locker room. Take, just taking shots at him, other teams hearing it uh, on the, while they played him. Like, apparently, just D'Angelo just did not like Rudy Gobert, did not believe in him, and there was all that little stuff going on in the background. I'm wondering now when you take that out of the equation and you got bring in like an, a great A human, a veteran, guy with 70 games of playoff experience in Mike Conley, I'm wondering how much that really changes the game. And if Rudy Gobert was really battling all the time with a, a guy who kind of has that personality like D'Angelo, just having him not be there, Rudy Gobert, just to kind of feel like I can take a, a breath of fresh air and just kind of be me and build that confidence back up. I'm curious to see, like, what effect that really has on the Wolves in the last, you know, 30 games or so of the season. I don't know. It's going to be a ride. I don't – if I'm going with – Tripp, you said you wanted to hear a prediction – the West got so good at the trade deadline, man. It's, that's what's hard. It's like it's such a good – the West is so strong now. It's like I probably have to put them – I'd probably have to put them in making it the eighth seed, like playing. I think they're going to the play-in now. I think I've, whether people want to hear that or not, I just think they go to the play-in, they finish around the eighth seed, and unfortunately that is what it is. I, I could see the seventh seed, but that's the highest I see right now just because the West got so good. This season's a – failure if they don't make it into the playoffs outside of the play-in and win a playoff series just to be clear um you traded everything you had for rudy gobert so the expectation is you at least let's just say win the first round let's just start there let's win a playoff series um and then yeah to your point just kind of hitting on what you mentioned um what i want to see is the culture right i mean if d'lo had such a negative impact on the locker room when it came to Rudy Gobert and his presence and, and these things, then I want to see a positive culture change. And I don't think the culture was ever necessarily bad outside of maybe like the D Gobert issue, but I would like to see the culture change of, of Gobert, like you mentioned, kind of being able to breathe a sigh of relief and just be him and have his buddy, you know, distributing the ball to him and Mike Conley. Um, I, I expect that to have a positive impact on Gobert. Uh, but with that, you know, I would like to see 
improvement on the floor. I mean, it's time to start winning some games consistently, not laying an egg to bad teams, um, showing up night in and night out, regardless of the opponent. Again, last night was what it was. We had trades at, at a major position, right? So it's it, Conley was out there. He didn't yeah. know what he was doing, and I don't blame him. But, you know, as we go forward, once he kind of gets into the playbook, so to speak, um, and, and gets familiarized, I'd like to see them win some games consistently um, and, and make a run here. Let's go. I mean, you know, the all-star break's coming up. It's, it's time to, to uh, go on a bit of a run and, and see what you can be. Um, and ultimately, I like Chris Finch a lot. I'm a big fan of him, especially offensively. Um, but I'd like to see him tighten the ship. The fact that this, this uh, D-low issue was going on in the locker room, Chris Finch's job is to nip that in the bud. And that, that went on. If that went on for as long as it, it sounds like it did, to me, that's unacceptable. And uh, that's a major concern to me. But with that, it's time to get some internal buy-in across the board from guy one through 14, um, through Coach Finch all the way to his lowest level assistant to the front office. And it's time to make a run. And let's see what, the, what this bench can do. But I am very concerned with our three-point shooting until Cat gets back. Um, and we really need Noel to, to continue to the, the way he's played the past couple of, of games. Um, but to me, three-point shooting's got to improve and it's time to win some games because we didn't trade for Gobert to potentially miss the playoffs or just make the play. Yeah, Andrew, you have any final thoughts before we wrap it up here? Yeah, I just wanted to point like. The tough thing is they have like nine home games remaining or something like that. It's a very road heavy, but kind mm-hmm. of what you were talking about, Evan, how in the beginning of the year, Kyle Anderson was hurt and yep. the Wolves were like 11 and 12 and they were not obviously like the Timberwolves are a lot better team than they, what they were in October and November. And so if they were 11 and 12 with kind of, you know, all those distractions going on between, you know, D'Lo and Gobert, you have to imagine it at least gets better at that point, like for the rest of the way. And maybe it doesn't, but like the optimistic side of me kind of wants to at least like see that part. Like if they are 11 and 12, they have to be a better basketball team at this point. Cause they're, they're kind of humming right now. Obviously they lost to the magic and last night's loss was not the greatest, but for the most part, I, I guess I'm forgetting about that Denver game too. But other than that, like I would say that over the last like month or so, the Timberwolves have been playing a lot better basketball. No, I totally agree, man. It's going to be interesting to see what what happens. They play their next game on Monday, February 13th, against the Dallas Mavericks. You will, unfortunately, it looks like that's going to be the debut of Luka Doncic (laughs) and Kyrie Irving, of course, against us. So we wouldn't have it any other way in Minnesota. We got to beat the best to be the best, I always say. So other than that, Tripp, you got anything else? No, just appreciate you guys listening. It's been a fun episode. Great to have Andrew on. His socials are plugged at the beginning of this episode. So make sure you check out all that, whether you're a, I would assume you're a Timberwolves fan if you're listening to my dumb voice um, all the way through this. But if not, you know, there's these Vikings, why everything he mentioned. So twins, um, follow him, follow us at not D Wolfson at the daily wolves. We're, we're cranking these out and uh, expect some big things coming in the future, guys. Appreciate you listening. Yeah, as always, guys, thank you again. And uh, thanks, Andrew, for joining. Go Wolves.